Okay, Chavirim, we are on the bottom of Daf Tet Vav Amad Aleph. We'll go to the last word in the Mishnah here. Uh, we're in the uh, the story now. Ma'asem, we'll turn the page. Okay, we're talking about the procedures of the Tanitzi Bor. It says, the time of Rabbi Chalatar, Rabbi Chalatar, Ben Tradion, She'avar Echa Lifnei Ativa, V'gabar Tabracha Kula, V'lo Anu Acharav Amin. This person is of the Chazan, he completes the Bracha, and the people do not answer Amin. Okay? Um, one second, yeah. Taku HaKohanim V'taku. He said, uh, blow the shofar, Kohanim, and they blew the shofar. Mishana Davar Mavinu Vahar Moriah, Hu Yanei Atchem, V'yishma V'kol Tzadachem Mayom Bazeh. He says, uh, whoever uh, answered Avram Avinu and Haram right, which is by a kid at Yitzchak this week's Parsha, he should answer you and listen to your cries. Hariu b'nei Aaron, Hariu. Like, blow the shofar b'nei Aaron. Okay, so he saying, the one who answered our forefathers on the Yamzuf at the Red Sea, who should answer, he should answer you and listen to your cries. So when the matter came before the Chachamim, Amru, they said, We didn't uh, observe such a way. Except in the uh, Eastern Gate on the Temple Mount. Okay? If you look at the Rashi here for a second, says, what, what's going on here? He said, Lo yinu no agimken. Uh, they didn't, uh, we didn't practice that way. He says in the third line of Rashi, Shalola no tamin, not answering amen. Ela b'shar mizrach b'harabayit, Rashi says, Kaloma b'zman shabayit b'gash kayam, at the time of the Beit HaMikdash was around, Shemit palolim b'harabayit, nechnesim b'derach shar mizrach, when they would pray on the Temple Mount, they'd come into the Eastern Gate. If you shaloa you onim amen b'mikdash, because in the Mikdash you don't say amen. As the Gemara tells us, we'll get later. But, um, but what he doesn't, right? actually, it's interesting. I think what he's not saying here is that we don't say Amen to the Beit Midrash, because in the Beit Midrash, you don't say Amen, you say Baruch Shem Kwam Machdol Anyway, so this, the point is that what's happening in the story is that they're sort of saying that the people were responding the way they once did it in the Beit Midrash, but that, that's not inappropriate here, and that's not really what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, they should have answered the normal, the normal way. Okay, now, moving along, moving along, the, uh, the uh, Mishnah Canadian says like this. Shalosh Taniyot HaRishonot. When it comes to the... Remember, we have three we have, uh, uh, three sequences of fast days. Three days, three days, seven days. Yeah? Uh, okay. So the first three fast days, we have the following distinction between the Anshe Mishmar and Anshe Beitav. Anshe Mishmar are people who... Uh, you know, the Kohanim, right? They had like a weekly... Um, every week, another family of Kohanim would serve in the Beit HaMikdash. That was their Mishmar. That was their shift. Okay? Within the Mishmar... You have Anshe Beit Av. They are the particular families that would serve the Mikdash more directly on a particular day. So think you have an Anshe Mishmar there the whole week, and then you divide the days into seven, and seven groups each have one day of the week. Okay? So they each have different levels of responsibility in terms of behavior and uh, in doing the Avodah in the Mikdash, and therefore their relationship to fast days is going to be somewhat different. Okay? I think we saw an earlier reference to this. It says you're adopting that. So it says like this. Anshe Mishmar mitanim velo mashinim. So it comes to the first three fast days, the Anshe Mishmar fast, but they don't complete the fast. Okay? who are really serving they're the ones doing that particular day they don't fast at all because they're busy the three um, uh, second uh, groups of fast days okay so that gets a little bit ramped up a little bit so the Anshe Mishmar complete the fast when we ramp it up also they fast and they don't but they don't complete it 
and then the Shabbat Achronoi can probably guess Elu ve'Elu mitanim mashlimim Dever Rabbi Yeshua. Okay, both of them fast the entire time and complete the fast. That's one of them. Okay. Slightly differently, you'll see the same sequence. Although things will get ramped up, it just will start a different starting point. Okay, say the first three fast days, none of the kohanim fast in the mikdash. Okay, none of them. Then we have the distinction. But the people who are there for the week fast, but don't complete the fast. They don't fast at all. Sheva Achrono, the last ones, Ashe Mishmar Mitani Mashlimim, the Ashe Mishmar will actually complete the fast, the Ashe Beitav Mitani Velo Mashlimim, but the Beitav, they'll fast a little bit, but they don't complete the fast. Okay? So that's a little machloka there between Rabbi Yeshua and Chachamim about how we treat the different fasts. Now, Ashe Mishmar Mutarim Visho Yayim Balilot, the people who are in the Mishmar, they're allowed to drink wine at night. Now, I guess during the daytime you're not allowed to, because you you're not allowed to serve at the Beit Mikdash if you're, if you're drunk, if you had wine. But, uh, and so I guess they like, always have to be on call. But at nighttime, they're not really on call. So okay, so they can drink some wine. not during the daytime. But on Shebetav, who are more directly involved in the particular avoda, they can't drink wine even, uh, even during the daytime. Okay, now, on Shemishmar, we thought we just said, what's the on Ma'amad? If you look on Rashi, on Ma'amad, it's a little higher up than our Gemara, in, in, our, in the Rashi, the lines. On Ma'amad, Echad Kohanim Uluvim V'Yisraelim HaKfuim V'Omdim Yipalim HaKoran HaChahem Sh'yikabel Ratzon V'Omdim L'Shem B'Shat Avudah Okay, there's a group of people, okay, who weren't necessarily Kohanim, okay? That these are, these are regular, uh, uh, regular Yisraelim. They're also sort of assigned to the Mikdash uh, for each Mishmar, okay? The special families have this special honor. And they would, like, dive in particular, and like that, 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 that the Korban should be accepted, whatever. They're not doing anything practically in the Mikdash, they're not doing the Avodah, but they're involved, okay? They're also involved. So what do we say here? That the Hashem Mishmar and Hashem Ahmad, they are not allowed to get haircuts or Mila Chabes to do their laundry. Okay? That's a more celebratory type of thing. They don't do those things. But on Thursday, they're allowed to because of Kavot Shabbat. Okay, one second. Um, yeah. Fine. One second. Don't say one thing. Dun, 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 dun. Rashi points out when it says Asrim Lasaber Lachabes. Now it's a little further down. He says Mishenichnesul Mishmartam. Once they start their shift, Kol Ota Shabbat. They are not allowed to. This isn't talking about fast days anymore. This is just a general point. They are not allowed to do those things the whole week. Rather, they should uh, they get haircuts beforehand. But when you're doing the, the, the Mishmar, or even if you're on Shema Ahmad, you don't get haircuts, don't do your laundry, things like that. You're focused more on the, uh, the task at hand. Okay. Now, moving along here in the Mishnah, it says as follows. Any day... Uh, that's listed in Megillah Tanit, which you said many times. Megillah Tanit is the day that lists days where you're not allowed to fast. Okay, and there's also sometimes, some of those days, you're also not only not allowed to fast, you're also not allowed to engage in eulogies. Okay? So it's also very saddening to engage in a eulogy. I thought it was every day. I thought every day Megillah Tanit, you can't eulogize. No, every day you can't have a fast. Many of them it's also to, to eulogy. Good, good point. Okay? But in that case, Lefanav Asur Laachara Mutar. Okay? We, we add on to the day itself, and we say that the day beforehand, you're also not allowed, like an anticipation of that day, you're not allowed to engage in uh, fasting and uh, eulogies, but after, the day afterwards, you're allowed. Okay? Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi in this mission disagrees, and says, 
both before and after. So every day is really three days in a certain sense, right? This day you can't fast, so the day before you can't, the day afterwards you can't. Same with the haspe. The lolit ana, that's the eulogy days. The days of, of not fasting, lefanav ulachara butar, the Tanakhama says you're, that, that the fasting does not, and the no fasting rule does not extend to before and afterwards, only the no eulogizing. Rabbi Yosimer, lefanav asur butar, he says beforehand you're, it's prohibited, but afterwards it's allowed. Okay, so you see it's shifted over one bit in terms of the eulogy, the no eulogies and the no fasting. Moving along. Okay, and this is the idea we saw earlier as well. We don't initially make a fast fall out on a Thursday, meaning the, meaning the, I shouldn't say, I should say this, in the sequencing of fast days, we don't start on Thursdays. Because that would affect the markets, right? Thursday being a market day. And I guess the idea being that if you start a fast day on a Thursday, people get nervous. Oh, what you're telling me that uh, things are going to be bad. There's a famine. You know, people get nervous about that and prices start going up. Um, so rather the first three fasts are Monday, Thursday, Monday. So the, the next sequence is Thursday, Monday, Thursday, because that runs in a row. And Rabbi Yosemir, no. Rabbi Yosemir says, no, you basically reset, right? Just as the first ones, you don't start on Thursday. Same with the second set or the last set, you don't start them on the Thursday either. Okay, and therefore you always start on the Monday. So you go Monday, Thursday, Monday, and you skip the Thursday, you go there Monday, Thursday, Monday. Okay. Furthermore, you can't make a tani tzibor on Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah or Purim. If you started, don't stop. That's Rabbi Gamliel. That's Rabbi Gamliel's opinion. I'm Rabbi Meir. Even though Rabbi Gamliel says that you're not, uh, you don't stop. He would agree, though, that if you started the fast, yes, you don't stop it, but you don't complete the fast. I guess you go at a certain point, into the afternoon, maybe, but you don't complete the fast. Same thing with Tisha B'Av that falls on the Arab Shabbat. I think the idea is, again, if you don't do the fast, but maybe, maybe if you started it, you would do it, but you don't complete it. Okay. Yofi. Guys, this is like probably the longest mission you ever saw in your whole life, okay? Now, uh, it's, worth remi- it's worth remembering that, like, the way the Gemara presents the Mishnayot is not always the same as the way the Mishnayot are presented in the book of Mishnah, okay? But nonetheless, it's a very long presentation. Now the Gemara will now have to go back and try to, okay, let's address uh, what's going on. So the Gemara, the Mishnah originally says, Okay, so we said we take out the Teva. So Gemara says, Wait a second, even in the first set of fast days, you're still going to take the Teva out? Or many, we have a contradictory uh, Breitah. It says, It says, The first and second set of fast days, right, the set of threes, we go into the shul, and we dive in like we did the whole year. Right, that, it's only the seven last ones that we take the teba out and uh, to the to the uh, to the square, and we put um, the ashes on the on the teba and uberosh anasi and ahead of the nasi uberosh abetin ahead and also ahead of the uh, the head of the betin the kolach abecha notav notim berosho and everyone takes the ashes to put it on their own head. Right, Rabbi Natan Efer Makla Hemevin and he says Efer Makla, which means it's like real actual ashes we put it out. So what's going on here? What, it seems to be a contradiction. Our mission seems to say all the time you do this, whereas his other brother says you don't. It's only the last seven. Amara Papa, Kitna Nami Madnit and Shabakhrinotani. Papa says, relax. When the Mishnah was talking about this procedure, it was talking about the last seven fasts, which are obviously, obviously the most severe fast days. It's not talking about the first two groups of all right, Yofi. We said Barosh on the sea, we put the uh, the ashes on the head of the Nasi, the head of the uh, right, the head of the Sanhedrin. 
Gemara says, "Vahadir Tami Kolecha Ve'Echad." It says here, "No Tain Barosha." Okay, every, then everyone else goes afterwards. Gemara says, "Aini, is that so?" Ve'Hatanya, but we learned the Brayta, Rabbi Omer, Big Dolam, Atzchinim Nagadol, Big Klalam Atzchinim Nagatan. Right, when it comes to great things, we start with the greatest person. When it comes to cursed things, we start with the smallest, like the, the smallest, like the least important person. How do you know that you start with the greatest person? And the great thing, says when, when, Aaron, when Moshe is appointing the Kohanim, as the Kohanim, right? He's uh, consecrating them. Says Moshe says to Aharon, right? He's the most important one. He's the going gadol, and then to Elazar Tamar, his sons. We know for curses, it comes to be starting the lower one. De should say here, Amamar. Right, if you look at the sequence in, in Parsha Breshit, when the, uh, there's punishment because of eating from the Eitzadat, so first the Nachash gets his, uh, his uh, punishment, he's the least of them, and then you have Chava, I guess the woman, and then you have Adam, right, who is like the reverse order, right, Adam who is like the, the initial creation, so he's the one, he's the last one, okay? Um, so the Gemara says, again, so the Gemara's question is, it's a long question, but the question is, so why, when it comes to putting ashes on someone's head, do we start with the Nasi and then work our way down to the people? You would think you start with the people and work your way up to the Nasi. So the Gemara answers, no. Ha, No, putting the ashes on their head is actually a sign of importance. Da Amri Lahu, because we say to them, Atun Chashivatu Rachame Akulayama. We're saying to them, you are so important to us that you're the ones we want to ask for Rachamim for the whole world. Right? So we, we put them first because they're the ones who are going to be the most involved in the tefillot. And that's why this, that they're first. Yofi. Okay, now it says here, again, Girsa issues here, but we'll kind of like gloss over it. So Amar Abada Kolecha Ve'echa Notin Barosho. Everyone puts in their head. Nasi Ve'abetin Nami Nishkalu Inhu Benimcha Barashayu. So we say, wait a second. Every no, when it comes to everybody else, they take the ashes, put it on their own heads. When it comes to the Rosh and Nasi and the Abedav, they should also take it and put it on their own heads. What's so different that somebody else takes the ashes and puts it on their head for them? Like why are we doing that? Why do they have a special procedure for them? I'm Rabbi Amba. I mean, Kesari, Rabbi Abi uh, from uh, Kesari says, because you can't compare somebody who embarrasses themselves to somebody who's embarrassed from others. Rashi says on the top of the page, and Tadzanim and Olive, we'll just get to the two dots, okay, guys? It says, It's more like despair when someone else does it to you. Okay, because of their significance, they get embarrassed and then people put it on. But everybody else, they're not so important, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, so we're trying to increase the level of despair. And that's what you do for the Chachamim, for the Nasi and the Abetin, that's how you do it. But by putting the ashes on their head for them, it's like really like, you know, uh, uh, an important point. For everybody else, we're not so important necessarily. So like it doesn't make a difference to us. Put it ourselves or somebody else. And where do you put the ashes on their head? What part of the head? So you put it on the part of the, where the Tefillin go. It says, Tachat Efer. And the Pazgan Yishayo says, right, that in, uh, in the future, right, that for the Avelei Tzion, for those who mourn over Tzion, we'll give them a Pe'er in place of the Efer. It's nice playing on words there. You notice it's the same, word, same letters, Pe'er and Efer. Efer is ashes. Pe'er means adornment, which is a reference to Tzvilin. So the idea is that the, the ashes go in the place of the Tzvilin, which really is a place that's supposed to be where our Tzvilin line, and that Tzvilin is a sign of our special nature as a Jewish people. So in this case, when we're, we're like mournful, so we put ashes there. But the symbol, symbolism is now we're putting ashes in an anticipation of a future time we'll be able to have that. Just a quick side point. This is a line that you know. While uh, we have a minhag at a wedding, 
to put ashes on the head of the chatan. Usually when we say imesh kachei Yerushalayim, we put ashes on the head of the chatan. Some people add, again, this, uh, this line from the, from the, uh, from Yishayahu, they say, lasum la'veli tzuyon la'telem pe'er tachat efer, that we put on the head of the chatan as well, but it's still, again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of a negative thing that's an anticipation of a future that's much more bright. Okay, we'll stop there. Shkofes.